Hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live, on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio, and we have very, very special guests with us today. You are going to learn more about anything that you would ever thought possible about animal behavior, biology, and in particular, we're going to be talking about creatures that inhabit our waters. Tony Frohoff, Dr. Tony, <laughs> I'm sure. is, uh, is in here with us, and she is a very unique person because her specialty is, why don't you tell us what your specialty is? Well, I love animal behavior. I think animals are fascinating, as obviously many of your viewers do. And I happen to be particularly enamored with dolphins and whales. So I've been studying them for about three decades, John. Wow. Um, I won't say a word, but three decades, huh? Okay. <laughs> or maybe I should say they've me. been studying could've, me. <laughs> could have fooled me, I'll tell you that. But... Uh, uh, the and if there's anything that you ever want to know, she's not going to answer the question right now. But some of the questions I want to know is: Do fish feel pain? What is the most intelligent creature in the oceans? And I don't know if you can answer these or not, but we'll give you some time to to uh, even if you can't uh, don't know the answer, I'm sure you'll come up with something. Sounds great. Okay. <laughs> and then let's also introduce your uh, lovely young assistant, Eve. Hi. And Eve is. Uh, as uh, helping you out? Yes. Um, Eve is, we're very lucky here with Pod Protect Our Dolphins to have Eve Copeland here, um, who is uh, studying dolphins and whales and dolphin cognition and uh, just all sorts of great stuff. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break real quickly, but before we do, we would like to make sure that you pay attention to our Fish Talk Radio Facebook and our website where you'll be able to listen to this show um, at your convenience. In case you miss something, you can go back and listen to it over and over again. So we'll be right back with you with Fish Talk Radio. Are you ready for a whale watching adventure? The Santa Barbara Channel is known as one of the best whale watching areas in the world. Over 27 species of whales, dolphins, and porpoises come here throughout the year. And there's no better way to spend time with these wonderful animals than aboard the high-tech Condor Express. Bring a whole family for an unforgettable whale watching adventure. The Condor Express is Santa Barbara's premier charter boat for whale watching, island excursions, sunset cruises, and private charters. Call Sea Landing at 882-0088 to book your trip. We'll see you on the Condor Express. Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust sport fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust sport fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. 
Lake Kachuma is a California treasure. Bald eagles, deer, egrets, foxes, wild turkeys play on the banks and in the trees. Red ear, bluegill, bass and catfish inhabit the waters. Rainbow trout are planted on a regular basis and easily caught from boat or shore. Lake Kachuma Boat Rentals is a key to a successful day on the lake. Call 805-688-4040 for information. Tackle, skiff, or pontoon boat rental. Call Craig at 688-4040. 20 minutes north of Santa Barbara. Kachuma Boat Rentals for a day to remember. So you're covered in sand up to your waist thanks to the excessive digging of two very ambitious children and you think, wait, did I lock my Impala back in the parking lot? And normally you'd just sit and stew about it. But you live in a time when an OnStar app lets you control your car from nearly anywhere in your world like it's some extremely remote control car, which it kind of is. So you tap the icon that zaps a signal that says to your car, boop, here's a signal to flip the mechanism that locks the door that sends a signal back to your phone to say yes. Your car is now safely locked. And you gotta wonder about the guy walking by when it happens. He's like, wow. And you're like, wow. And if you slow your brain for just a nanosecond, you realize just how amazing modern technology really is. All because you drive a Chevrolet Impala connected by OnStar. For details, availability, and system limitations, visit OnStar.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with Dr. Tony Frohoff and her lovely young assistant, uh, Eve. And we're going to be covering things today that it's a very, very rare opportunity to talk with a real scientist that really knows the, the answers. And it's this is not something where... It's a, um, a consensus of experts, which people refer to frequently because if they don't really know. But, <laughs> but she knows. And so why don't we just start off with you, Tony, and give us a little bit of uh, background about yourself and what your day job is and how this all came about. Well, um, I uh, we were just talking about Texas, John, and uh, I went to Texas A&M University for a few years in the Wildlife and Fisheries Department. Learned a lot there about conservation and all sorts of things. And one of the things I ended up focusing on is how smart and how emotional are dolphins, whales, even our household dogs. How smart and intelligent are these animals and what can we learn from them? Which has led me out onto the ocean, spend tons of hours literally watching these beautiful leviathans of the sea, the whales. And uh, just really, there's so much more than meets the eye, John. It's, as you know, whenever you see dolphins, it's always a unique event. Huh? Well, we've talked about them a little bit um, on the show before. Uh, because people that travel and fish in the ocean, especially the you know the blue water, uh, and of course if you're lucky enough to live in this area, you can see them in the surf. But 
there's uh, a lot of questions that come up. And, you know, one of the obvious ones is if you're fishing for tuna, uh, yellowfin tuna, and you see a pod of dolphins with a white belly, I think they call them spinner dolphins. Uh, Typically, yes. Uh, Spinner and spotted. They, uh, you know, they have it. They're not they don't always hold tuna. And just because you see tuna doesn't mean you see dolphins. But if you see dolphins in the distance, you want to go over there and and, and check. So that's, you know, one of the reasons that that we're interested. But one of the interesting things that I find is that no matter what you put in, apparently they're both feeding on the same fish. But for bait. But if you put a, uh, a hook in it, you'll catch tuna, but you'll never, ever catch a dolphin. Well, yes, uh, and that's a good thing for the dolphins, typically. And uh, absolutely, dolphins have such unique intelligence. And I don't want to say unique in that they're necessarily the smartest of the animals, but they're definitely unique, and they're complex and sophisticated. They have cultures. They have complex societies. Some dolphins have even been found to use tools. Um, Whoa. Yeah, and in Australia, for example, some dolphins will take, let's just say, a stick uh, from the ocean floor, the mm-hmm. equivalent of, and poke certain animals with that stick how, how and, and, and get them to come out from under the oh. sand what, so they, they can eat the, them. They put it in their mouth or something? Or? Yeah, and then the fish pop out right into their mouths. Oh. So there you go, reverse Pez candy dispenser. <laughs> wow. Fascinating, fascinating. And there's just so many questions that, that, that I'd like to know the answers to. And, and one of, I guess, the first question is there's been a lot of debate but most of it, it seems to be um, anecdotal. Do fish feel pain? Well, this is the question of the day. And if I may borrow the articles that okay. I have, I brought a, just a sampling here. Um, Eve and I were looking at New York Times science section, so much more than plasma and poison, even looking at jellyfish intelligence. And these are at University of Copenhagen, uh, Marine Biological Laboratory in Vancouver, Scientific Mm -hmm. American, Are Octopus Smart? And even in Psychology Today, The Emotional Lives of Crayfish. So we have deep intelligence that is really not uh, perceived anecdotally anymore. We have extremely compelling evidence, scientifically obtained evidence, that these strange-looking animals may be more like us internally than we think they are. Mm-hmm. And they are clearly much smarter than we gave them credit for. Well, if uh, you know, some people think it's, you know, it's cruel to, have, to put a, a hook in a fish's mouth. But does you know does the does the obviously it knows it's there, but is it cruel? Is it painful for a fish? Well, everybody's definition of what's cruel will be different. Uh, some people wouldn't mind doing that to a dog, and in some parts of the world, I hate to say it, but some mm-hmm. people do that and use dogs for bait. Um, but uh, to fish, getting back to that, they absolutely have sensors around mm-hmm. their mouths that are very physiologically similar to our own and Mm -hmm. mammalian sensors, they're pain receptors. So there's every reason to believe both from their physical aspects and looking at them from a neurological perspective that the pain receptors act very similar to the way ours do. So if we do not want to cause pain to fish, we make reconsider the hows and whens and how or how often we are exposing them to hooks because apparently it's very painful. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of people that say, that, well, they can't feel pain because otherwise, you know, they wouldn't keep coming back to the same thing again. Well, or if yes. they have a, if there's a, let's say, an injury to the skin or, you know, which happens and sometimes the eagles will come down, you catch a trout that's been, got claw marks on it or beat marks on it, it doesn't, doesn't seem to affect them that much. Well, I, I wouldn't go to say that fish are as perceptive as our most intelligent humans, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, even though as far as fish intelligence goes, they may surpass us. We might make very poor fish. Um, as you know, their whole sensory systems are so different than ours. But a professor, Victoria Brenwaith, she's fisheries and biology at Penn State University. She just wrote a new book called Do Fish Feel Pain? And she's not somebody who argues against fishing, at least not in this book, but it's definitely provides us all this data. Um, all these researchers are coming up with new ways of considering non-human animals. For example, dolphins. We thought it was fine to put dolphins in the equivalent of a bathtub. We're learning now that dolphins don't necessarily do so well in captivity. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, physically, and mind-body tied together, just like as with us. Too much stress can result in illness and death. And same thing with whale sharks, for example. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants a whale shark in captivity. and Well, a lot of aquariums do. And Uh it's proven to be pretty unsuccessful. And one was even released uh, because it, people just thought he, that mm-hmm. the whale shark, he was suffering too much. Mm-hmm. So I think people's ethics will vary, but it will depend perhaps upon new information that comes out. But fish do appear to they feel pain. Anyway. Yeah, they Absolutely. Yeah. And they even seem to have an emotional response to their pain. So what we choose to do with that information is up to each individual. But it's a fascinating look at these creatures. Oh, it is. And well, you, uh, whale sharks, by the way, are, are fascinating creatures. They don't look anything like a shark, and they really don't look that much like a whale. But they're very docile. And in Baja, you see them, and it's very popular for the people to get snorkeling to go underwater because you can actually go out and touch them if you want, and, and they seem to be perfectly fine with that. Fascinating creatures, but they can be 40 feet long. I can't imagine putting them in a pool. Well, you'd be amazed. I mean, if you look at what the orcas in pools, they're, they're in pretty confined spaces. So there we go. <laughs> a lot of big animals in small spaces, but that's happening less and less. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fascinating stuff. Um, we're going to take a break in about a minute, so I don't want to hurry up and uh, um, make you answer quickly. But when we come back, I'd like to know, and it may not be a, a, a quick answer, but what is the most intelligent life other than humans that live in the ocean. So um, you to find that out, you're going to have to stick around for a couple of minutes. But you are listening to Fish Talk Radio. We're going to be back with you in just, uh, just a couple of minutes. But we would like to remind you, please log into Facebook, like us. And uh, we've, uh, Rita is doing a fantastic job on that. So thank you, Rita. Oh, you're there. Sorry. And then, uh, <laughs> of course, you want to go to the website. And you can listen to this show anytime you want as much as you want. So if you want to hear Tony, uh, Dr. Tony, um, answer some of these questions, you can do that as many times as you like. So we appreciate you doing that. And so we would like to make sure that you tune back in to Fish Talk on fishtalkradio.com. We'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, chicken and mug. 
The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-382-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Near shore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean modern boats with professional friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep sea adventure by calling 805-382-1612. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at CostaBajaResort.com. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Welcome back Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with a couple of lovely young women. We have Dr. Tony. Uh, Dr. Tony, you know what? We, you, I think we mentioned it a little bit, but you're a behavioral and biologist uh, professor. Is that I, I'm a behavioral biologist specializing okay. in Love marine that. mammals, which is a mouthful. But basically, mm -hmm. I just love watching dolphins and whales and studying their behavior with respect to their biology. And uh, Eve is here with us as a backup. Uh, it's a great she, student she's your, and she's intern. Your, she's your bodyguard? Oh, yeah. well, I don't know about that. Yeah. She's, she's anyway. not that mean. <laughs> but uh, we, we left people hanging, so we don't want to forget. Um, I asked a question about intelligence. From what you see what uh, what marine life appears to be the most intelligent uh, in, in the water? Well, 
This is a very subjective question because mm-hmm. I have spent most of my time dedicated to dolphins and whales, and they are mammals like we are. So basically, um, I have a bias uh, towards them, and I think a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people grew up watching Flipper, and mm-hmm. even though that's a stereotype of a dolphin that doesn't really exist in, in reality, dolphins are very charismatic uh, personality-filled ocean people, so to speak. And they really, when I say people, and I'm including orcas here, by the way, I want to remind you, or you already know this, but I'll remind myself that orcas, sometimes known as killer whales, are the largest members of the dolphin family. Oh, I didn't know they were So family delphinidae. So I, but I typically say orcas and dolphins Mm -hmm. because they look so different in some ways. But I think so many animals in in the world are so much smarter than we ever thought. Mm-hmm. And that's what science is showing, and mm-hmm. it just makes the world that much more miraculous. But yeah, my, mm-hmm. my vote for today mm-hmm. is dolphins and whales well, because their intelligence is, I think, right. so much more well, like I guess, ours. I guess intelligence can, be, can mean different things. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we have knowledge of things that you can learn, um, but they seem to have senses or perceptions that are w- developed way beyond ours. Absolutely. And I wanted to um, ask a question of my wonderful intern, Eve, because uh, you just started, com- you're in Santa Barbara now studying with me, and you have a, a particular passion for orcas, right? Yes, that is true. And I wanted to ask you what it is about orcas at this point in your career that brings you to believe they're intelligent and fascinating. Well, I'd say the most compelling piece of evidence about uh, orca intelligence would be their ability to pass the mirror self-recognition test. They have, uh, when they look into a mirror and see themselves, they recognize it as themselves as opposed to another animal. Um, And you can tell by the way they orient their body to look at markings that we put on them. And that's just absolutely fascinating and sort of demonstrates a sense of self. And then also you look at the their culture, the way they hunt, their s- extremely sophisticated hunting strategies. For instance, there's one where they swim in a V formation towards an iceberg to wash a seal off. And oh, I yeah, think that's yeah. absolutely <laughs> amazing to watch. Right. Well, that's another question I want to ask about schooling. But let's stay with dolphins for a second, and uh, maybe you can respond to this one quickly. Uh, some years ago, I had the opportunity at SeaWorld to go like a behind-the-scenes tour and talk to one of the trainers. And, you know, we're talking about some of these other abilities that they have. And we mentioned earlier about why you never hook one is because they know there's a hook in it. But he told a story about a woman that was in with the swim with the dolphins. And they kind of pushed her to one corner and were kind of standing guard over. And so the trainer said, are you pregnant? And she goes, no. And he goes, yes, you are. Yeah, really good point, John, in that dolphins, we haven't touched on their, no pun intended, echolocation abilities, their sonar. And and for those who, well, you you guys use sonar for for finding fish sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it it really is, there's a sound that comes out and it reflects back to them, but it's also a sound as a pressure wave. So it can be felt. And so they perceive sonar in various ways more Mm -hmm. than just acoustically but they get much finer picture of what's in their environment than Mm -hmm. what we do because they can literally see through each other Mm -hmm. they could probably tell um how my heart is beating um yes if somebody is pregnant um very very certainly they can do that with one another and no reason why physically they can't do that with each other 
hand. Whoa, if I, I could throw that. in there, they can yeah. stun fish with their sonar. So you might really? have some of your audience a little jealous of dolphins in that wow. regard. <laughs> they stun them and they eat them. So <laughs> wow. pretty trick. <laughs> well, that's that is well. It, you know, it's I guess it's very very much like a uh, um, ultrasound. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. In fact, at least as far as I know, the military has not been able to create a sonar that is as precise and sophisticated as that which we see in dolphins. So we're learning from them, not just about mm -hmm. them. We're learning from them because they have these incredible mm -hmm. capacities for sensing the world and the marine environment that I think make any of mm -hmm. us green with envy. Right. And on top of that, they have cultures. And mm -hmm. as Eve was, was saying, they even have dialects. And when you look at the orcas, oh. uh, resident orcas in the Pacific Northwest, some people can tell who they are by their dialect, a.k.a. their accent. Oh, yeah. And when they track them, I guess, whales in particular, they'll kind of look for a pattern. Yeah. But uh, we asked a question as the most intelligent uh, um, creatures in the ocean and and your biased opinion was dolphins now <laughs> is that generic or is there certain types of dolphins what about killer whales you mentioned they're dolphins also yes orcas are definitely dolphins and you know i like to say i think many marine mammal biologists perhaps including eve would say her vote would go to the orca i'm going to go to the common dolphin because that's who we're studying and i just the bottlenose dolphin i have a particular affection for them. And just because they're not as huge and dramatic as the orcas, I think they exhibit a lot of behaviors that are similar to human and even chimpanzee and lion societies. Would your vote go to orcas, Eve, or how do you go? It would definitely have to go to orcas for me. And there you go. Well, do, I, I didn't realize there were dolphins. Do they actually have the ultrasound ability and some of the other abilities that dolphins have? Yeah, absolutely. And hmm. they have the single blowhole, the cone-shaped right. uh, cone teeth. Right. Yeah, and they are just great, great smart. And I wanted to point out that even though they're called killer whales, mm -hmm. those who live in the societies, what we call resident orcas, they live in matrilineal groups. Even the males live with the mothers for life. And you don't wow. find that even rarely in a human <laughs> culture. I don't know how yeah. people would, but they, you know, they interact with other orcas and they, they mate with other orcas and other groups, but they stay with their moms for life. And some of them exhibit the most peaceful behavior, even more so than hmm. bottlenose dolphins in their cultures in terms that they would just not hurt each other for mm -hmm. the world sometimes, it seems. Hmm. So here we're calling them killer whales and they could be these really gentle right. giants well, when just, they're not just, hungry. Yeah, just, just to <laughs> mention that, you know, killer whales, well, they... They do feed on on uh, other marine mammals, but apparently, the, I don't know if there's ever been an instance where a uh, human was attacked by a killer whale, at least on purpose. Well, certainly not in the wild um, that we know of. And uh, in the wild, they're incredibly uh, peaceful. In captivity, you might have heard of the movie yes, Blackfish. Right, right. And that's causing quite a ruckus because of the violence that can occur with orcas and dolphins, even though they in don't the, mention that in yeah, captivity. In but a stressful but situation. In, yeah, yeah, but in the wild, they are... I mean, I'm not advocating that people go swim with them. I don't think that would be in anybody's best interest because it's always <laughs> experimental. But they are, when it comes to peaceful families, we could learn a lot from these resident killer whales in British Columbia and Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest. Sometimes we see them down here in California, but they're all over the world. Mm -hmm. And and for these fierce animals, as the radical capabilities for killing, they are sure loving mm -hmm. with one another. 
we, we talked, of course, about the sonar and the ability. What other type of intelligence do they have that's notable? Anything that you'd like to share, Eve, that comes to mind? It, you know, might be a little bit different knowledge than what humans do because, you know, they don't read books and they do go to <coughs> schools. But <laughs> 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 well, I ba- I, I'll jump in and just say that um, their intelligence, um, you know, it's not a matter of teaching them to speak English. I mm-hmm. think we've been there, done that. And it's not that they can't, but they don't have vocal cords the way we do. And in fact, the way they vocalize is so much more sophisticated than the way we do. No mm-hmm. offense. So communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Even with all this great equipment in the radio station, it's still hard to approach approximate the amount of sounds and the the Mm -hmm. decibels and the frequencies hype you know it's just amazing uh, what they can process this this might be kind of way out there but i'm wondering kind of it's been alluded to that they can communicate with each other without necessarily making sound is that true well that is not something I think I can answer scientifically. You kind of stumped me on that one, which is good. Um, yeah. You know, I think what you're looking at, I mean, would you say, well, okay, in that, however, I just, I found the answer. Okay. Non-vocal communication. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They look at each other just as I can look at your body posture. Mm-hmm. You could look at mine. I, I'm gesticulating mm-hmm. wildly as I'm talking because I'm excited about mm-hmm. dolphins. Mm-hmm. And that conveys communication. So even if mm-hmm. somebody looking at me couldn't hear me, you would probably be able to tell, that person would be able to tell to some degree, yeah. what I'm feeling and what right. I'm trying to communicate. So when they can see each other underwater, they don't always just use their sonar. They'll use their vision. So I'll get out of the ESP question okay. <laughs> and get into the non-vocal okay. behavior realm. Well, we've got less than a minute, but there's other you know, types of uh, abilities that, well, fish in general, that uh, they can they can feel through their skin and their lateral lines and things like that. I don't know if we'll have a chance to get much into that uh, because we are going to go to a break now. So we would certainly, we, we're locked the door so you can't get away. <laughs> but uh, um, we would again like to tell you to uh, go to fishtalkradio.com. You can listen to this all over and over and over again until you begin to understand what uh, the doctor understands. Very fascinating stuff. And then also go to Facebook at fishtalkradio.com. We're going to be back with you momentarily, and maybe we'll get some uh, ways to find out about you and your books when we come back. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-382-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean modern boats with professional friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep sea adventure by calling 805-382-1612. 
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Set on the magnificent Sea of Cortez, the Grand Heritage Resort and Spa at Marina Costa Baja is the first five-star resort in La Paz, Baja South. Overlooking a 250-slip marina and white sand beaches, enjoy two signature restaurants, a world-class destination for fishing or diving. Enjoy five-star elegance in the charming laid-back city of La Paz. Dock your boat and enjoy the marina village. Visit on the web at CostaBajaResort.com. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Sandos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Are you ready for a whale-watching adventure? The Santa Barbara Channel is known as one of the best whale-watching areas in the world. Over 27 species of whales, dolphins, and porpoises come here throughout the year, and there's no better way to spend time with these wonderful animals than aboard the high-tech Condor Express. Bring a whole family for an unforgettable whale-watching adventure. The Condor Express is Santa Barbara's premier charter boat for whale-watching, island excursions, sunset cruises, and private charters. Call Sea Landing at 882-0088 to book your trip. We'll see you on the Condor Express. Cutthroat, northern pike, largemouth, speckled trout, dorado, coho, flying fish, walleye, bonefish, sunfish, codfish, monkfish, shark. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with, we have Dr. Tony Fruhoff, who is a behavior and biologist specializing in marine mammals. Fascinating stuff. And if there's anything you still want to learn, she'll stick around for a little bit. And then, of course, we have Eve with us. But right now, we have Alexis from Lake Chabot. And she's going to give us some ideas what's going on up there and why we should pack up. Well, we don't have station wagons anymore. We'll pack up the SUV and, and head to Lake Chabot, right? Uh, Alexis, give us first of all, give us a quick idea where you are. So I actually work at the Marina Cafe. And over here, I'm actually at the concession, so we serve food, um, we do the boat rentals, we start you up with all the paperwork to go down to the dock and do all the fun with the kayaks, electric boats, patio boats with your big families, and you can go as single as one if you're going fishing by yourself, so that's also really great here. Um, at Lake Chabot, we also have a lot of picnic areas that you could rent out, and farther on through the pads, like... On the other side, we also have campgrounds, so it's actually a really great place to just spend your afternoons, and you can also spend overnights here, too, so it's pretty awesome working here, and just great being, like, being able to encounter 
lots of families and lots of people throughout your day and making their days with our great services here. Well, obviously, you're enjoying your job. Give us an idea of someone's, uh, you know, traveling to California, where to find you. Sorry? Uh, if someone is uh, traveling to California and they're uh-huh. going to stop by, where are you located? So Lake Chabot is actually in Castro Valley. And it's kind of in between Hayward, um, touch bases between San, Le- San Leandro. And our, our park actually touches bases to San Leandro as well, so it's pretty big. Okay. And the uh, um, I know that you have fish in the lake. Mm-hmm. So we actually do stock our lake every single week. Um, right now we're in that transition between the trout and the catfish. And it's pretty great here. Um, there's great fishing spots. People come out every single day, and you could come out as early as 6 a.m. to as late as 7 p.m. when our cafe closes, but you could be at the park till 10 p.m. Okay, sounds fantastic. And obviously, you've got some fishing going on up there. And what, what's in season right now? So right now, since it's going a little hotter, catfish are becoming more popular. Um, actually, some catch just came in. We have, I believe, five catfish that just came in, and earlier this morning we had... One, almost an 8-pounder, so it's about a 7.6. Whoa, that yeah, sounds pretty so exciting. big fish coming out of the lake today. Okay, great. Well, you did a fantastic job, and of course, if somebody wants to get in touch with you before they show up there, what's an easy way to do that? So actually, you could call us at 510-779-7000. Two four seven two five two six. Okay, five ten area code two four seven twenty five twenty six. So the area code is five one zero two four seven two five two six. Right, and call up and ask for Alexis, and uh, not only can she give you directions, she can feed you. Yes, I can. <laughs> okay, you're awesome. Thank you. No problem. Bye bye. All righty. Okay, now we have the best of the best. We have Dr. Tony Fruha, behavioral and uh, biologist uh, a professor. Is that right? If you're a doctor, you're a professor? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not really a professor technically right now, yeah. okay. although I do have students. So okay. it, you, you can just call I'm me. Learning. Okay. Sure, it's close well, enough. And also we have uh, John Prock now, uh, who is a doctor of uh, fishing. And he, he's the one that uh, spends his time deep in the laboratories uh, concocting um, secret formulas for catching fish. John, thank you for coming in with this. And we would like to, first of all, just real quickly, give us a quick idea what you do for Berkeley. Well, thanks, John, and thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I'm the product development uh, director at uh, Berkeley Pure Fishing. I am in regards to developing products for the saw plastics, the power baits, the... Uh, Uh, things like that, and responsible for actually finding out and incorporating into the baits and lures that we make the things that fish like. Okay. Well, we have an opportunity uh, to put you and Dr. Tony together uh, and see if we can get some ideas about, first of all, and this is an open question to both both of you, um, what attracts fish to the hook? Um, Now, we, we talked, I, I know a little bit about what you do, and I told her a little bit of story about gold bait, where I was using it in Baja, and a doll, Dorado came up, took a bite out of it, and then came back and bit it again. So he must like it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come back. But I know that was one of your products. But what is, what is it that you do um, 
and the knowledge that you gain to bring the fish to the hook? Well, I work with uh, a fisheries uh, research biologist, and uh, uh, he and his team are the ones that actually do the work with the fish. We've got uh, uh, aquaria of fish in the lab in Spirit Lake for freshwater fish, where we do our freshwater testing. And we have anywhere from 500 to 2,000 fish in there at one time. And we present different, I'll say, chemical cocktails to Hmm. them or uh, different foodstuffs to see how their reaction is and what they like. And Hmm. by their retention time of how long they hold it in their mouth in the testing regimen or if they swallow it, that determines whether they like it or not. Interesting. Well, it's kind of like the Edison inventing the light bulb technique. You just keep trying until it works, huh? And we've learned a few things over the last almost 30 years now. Uh, so we've got base materials that the fish like. We call it the uh, uh, meat and potatoes or bread and butter, however you like to. And then we found other chemical uh, stimulants that you can add to that that actually enhance those bread and butter or meat and potatoes, just like salt does to us. Hmm. Okay. Well, you mentioned Edison and the light bulb. I'm going to go a little backwards okay. here. And, John, go um, to – I don't really know as much as you folks do, I think, about what attracts fish to to perceived prey or whatnot. But I can tell you about what attracts dolphins to fish um, because we're looking at um, – I mean, dolphins obviously eat fish. And they are huge aficionados, and that's their preferred diet. And um, we were talking earlier about the tuna dolphin issue mm-hmm. and uh, how the uh, you can often spot when tuna are around because of the dolphins there. And they're always looking at ways to mitigate so that the dolphins don't get harmed in the process. But we like a lot of the same food they do. Something that we can learn from dolphins and even seals and sea lions, even if it doesn't look like it all the time, is how to fish responsibly. They've been hunting fish for millennia. In the case of dolphins, millions of years, not Mm. just hundreds of thousands like we've been around. So we might learn a lot from the way that they hunt and um, perhaps refine our techniques accordingly. So in other words, the way dolphins hunt. Exactly. But we don't don't have... uh sonar we don't but there is something about the process that that they you know they have a very good talk about fish management Mm -hmm. those guys have it down i mean you don't see depleted fisheries because of dolphins or marine mammals it's it might look that way on the surface Mm -hmm. but they're often eating the prey of the target species that Mm -hmm. we like so it's a fascinating web Mm -hmm. uh john we only got you for a couple of minutes but i got a couple more questions other than taste. Now, here's a question for both of you. Obviously, uh, they taste it when they get it in their mouth. What about smell, and how far does that uh, uh, scent travel in the water? Well, John, the the scent travels uh, quite a ways. It's just how good the receptors are on those different individual species, Um, whether it be fish or the mammals type thing. All of them have different types of receptors in the way they detect scents and flavors. But uh, everybody knows the, the shark stories, how far away and how many mm-hmm. parts per million that they can detect and things like that. So it really varies. What we do is we try to put as much uh, scent and flavor out there as we 
possibly can with you have to remember we're dealing with little bitty baits compared to the mm-hmm. whole ocean or the whole right. uh, lake system so we're trying to get as much scent and flavor out as we can of that little bitty bait or lure as we can so that mm-hmm. it gets from the, the farthest possible okay. and, and uh, John, sometimes that isn't good what other senses might they use to 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 find the baits uh, obviously uh, a sight would come into it somewhere and what do they sense in their lateral lines? Is there anything other than the, the, than the scent and the taste that you go that you look at? Oh, definitely there is. Um, and like I say, I'm not a, a biologist and don't have all that expertise. But what? from the studies we've done and the research, we've uh, found out that sight seems to be number one, especially in the clear water species. Uh, then they revert to uh, things like the, the scent. And the lateral lines for vibration that definitely come in more so in turbid or cloudy water conditions or dark water conditions. And uh, then the last thing that usually comes in is the flavor, even though they don't have to have it in their mouth to taste it, because some species of fish have taste buds on the outside of their body. And so it's kind of that type of scenario. And depending on the species and the water conditions, they use them to different degrees. They have... uh they can sense taste on the outside of their bodies. Is that what yes. Really? <laughs> Tony's shaking her head yes. <laughs> In 30 seconds, can you give us an idea how that works? John, I'm deferring to you. You're, you're, you're the man out there. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't like to dominate the conversation, but the, what we've seen and documented, especially catfish. Oh, because oh, they've got the, yeah, the whiskers. The barbels. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And cool. you've also got taste buds on the underside of their belly. They're literally wow. a swimming tongue. <laughs> okay. John, um, I know that you're traveling. You're on your cell phone. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Fascinating stuff. But, again, we're about out of time on this segment. So uh, we would uh, thank you very much. And, obviously, we're going to be talking to you some more. So we appreciate well, you tuning you. in. Okay, you are you, you are listening to uh, uh, Fish Talk Radio. Thank you, John. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Come visit us on Facebook and make sure you go to fishtalkradio.com. We appreciate you tuning in. Oh Lord, honey, that sounds like rain. Hurry up, woman, get the youngins. Let's go. The Santa Barbara Channel offers some of the most productive sport fishing in the world. Channel Island Sport Fishing offers the most boats to enjoy it. Call 805-382-1612. At Channel Island Sport Fishing, you pick the time and place you want to go. Nearshore halibut, calico bass and rockfish, or fish the Channel Islands for white sea bass and yellowtail. For whale watching and private charters, Channel Island Sport Fishing in Oxnard has clean, modern boats with professional, friendly crews. Make your reservations for a deep-sea adventure by calling 805-382-1612. Clover Pass Resort, Ketchikan, Alaska, is in the heart of the salmon capital of Alaska. Walk a few yards to the dock and throw a line at king, silver, or pink salmon. Just a 90-minute direct flight from Seattle. You can be in your boat fishing the day you arrive. The calm waters at Clover Pass hold schools of salmon as well as halibut and rockfish. Clover Pass offers all-inclusive fishing packages starting under $1,000. For more information, call John at 877-FISHRAP. That's 877-F-I-S-H-R-A-P.
If you're looking for a magical and unique gift for someone special, look no further than the skies above you. Santa Barbara Soaring specializes in glider rides, making memories that last a lifetime. Experience Santa Barbara, the San Inez Valley, and Central Coast with the silence of soaring. Purchasing a gift certificate is just a couple of clicks away. Visit SantaBarbaraSoaring.com. Pick your ride and the certificate will be sent directly to you just in time for the holidays. Let Santa Barbara Soaring help you provide the gift they'll never forget. SantaBarbaraSoaring.com. Want to make your drive more exciting? It starts with Shell V-Power Premium Gasoline. It's Ferrari's choice for improved performance. Shell V-Power removes an average of 60% of performance-robbing gunk on intake valves left by low-quality premium gasolines. And it starts with your very first tank. The result is the kind of performance that gives you more excitement behind the wheel. Choose Shell V-Power Premium Gasoline today and let the excitement begin. Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust Sport Fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust Sport Fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. Lake Kachuma is a California treasure. Bald eagles, deer, egrets, foxes, wild turkeys play on the banks and in the trees. Red ear, bluegill, bass and catfish inhabit the waters. Rainbow trout are planted on a regular basis and easily caught from boat or shore. Lake Kachuma Boat Rentals is a key to a successful day on the lake. Call 805-688-4040 for information. Tackle, skiff, or pontoon boat rental. Call Craig at 688-4040. 20 minutes north of Santa Barbara. Kachuma Boat Rentals for a day to remember. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. I'm John Hennigan in studio with uh, Dr. Tony Frohoff, behavioral and biologist specializing in marine mammals and fascinating, fascinating stuff. Also, we have Eve in the studio with us, who is, uh, um, I guess, uh, learning from the from the top. <laughs> and Eve, you've only been in this area for a short time, and I, I think that you have a tremendous interest in marine mammals, but it's only been recently we actually got to go up and visit a whale in the wild. Yeah, it's true. I've loved whales and dolphins for as long as I can remember, but I'd never seen one in real life until yesterday, actually. Wow. Yeah, there were up or up uh, upwards of 5,000 dolphins, yesterday common dolphins. It was absolutely amazing. Well, I, I, I need to give a plug t- to the Condor Express. Oh. Uh, based out of Santa Barbara, I believe that that particular boat um, sees more whales in a year than any other boat in the world. That boat's a whale magnet, <laughs> and they, yeah. they don't even have propellers on the boat. It's such a unique design, right. and whales seem and dolphins seem to just really love that mm-hmm. boat. They probably know it well over the years, and is the it, captains are good. Was it condorexpress.com? Is that what it is? I think condorexpress.com, I think. Yes, yeah. absolutely. They do so much good for dolphins and whales, and, and wow, for your first time out. You're spoiled <laughs> already, Eve. Well, <laughs> I, I'm curious because, you know, I've, I've seen not that many, but I've seen uh, some, and it's always exciting, even when they're off in a distance when you're out on the ocean fishing, and they go, oh, you know, the captain goes, look, look, there's a whale <laughs> over there. So how far, how, how close did you get to the whale? And give us a quick uh, um, um, thoughts about your experience. 
Well, we were very lucky. We saw quite a few whales, and they were close up. And we even saw a couple. I think it was three mother and calf pairs, which Aww. was really sweet. Yeah. Now, were they traveling north, or are they just living here? Or what? Um, no, they were. I think they're here year round. Uh, they travel to Mexico for mm-hmm. the winter, I believe. Oh, okay. So they don't go up to Canada or Alaska. They just kind yeah. of. There's some variation. The gray whales are more right. of the travelers. Right. The humpbacks also travel, but not like the gray whales. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're unfortunate the in this part nomads. of the world that we get to <laughs> that we we get to uh, to see that a lot. And we have uh, um, unfortunately just a couple minutes left in it. But there's uh, if there's some ideas I think that you had that you might want to share with us about um, some of the things that we've been talking about and in. Uh, Obviously, dolphins are your specialty, and how about how they they like to interact with people? Yeah, you know, it's um, the thing about dolphins is that we often they are somewhat unique in wild in wild animals, and that sometimes they just want to hang out with us because yeah. they, for some strange reason, seem to find us interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we see that with dolphins and whales, as Eve saw on the Condor Express yesterday. Um, sometimes they're attracted to us; we don't have to go anywhere. The thing I always like to remember, and your listeners probably already know this, it's best not to pursue them, and usually we don't have to. If they're busy feeding, mating, doing what they need to do, and they're dolphin lives, they will go ahead and do that. But um, then they'll go to us when they're curious. So it's great. We're going to the Bahamas, doing some research this summer. Uh, We go in the water and document uh, dolphins in the wild, and they let us hang out and watch them in the wild with no food involved, no feeding, nothing. We just watch them, and I like to think of it as Jane Goodall when she was in the jungle with the chimpanzees on their terms. Mm, On their terms, right. Well, it's been such a pleasure, and there's just so much information. But what I really enjoy is true science, because there's so much um, beliefs, you know, based on consensus of experts or from, um, you know, experiences. But there's there's not nearly enough true science to, you know, how many fish are in the ocean and what do we, how do we best protect them. So we really appreciate you doing that. And uh, real quickly, if someone, uh, you've got a book, uh, how do we get in touch with you? Well, um, you can find me at dolphin, uh, protectourdolphins.com. That's protectourdolphins.com, otherwise known as POD. Okay, so just Google that, Protect Our Dolphins, and that is Dr. Tony Frohoff. Is it F-R-O-H-O-F-F? F-R-O-H-O, French fry, that's right. French fry. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. Okay, we appreciate that very much. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. You've gone fishing.